But likewise, I had people throughout the years who have really stood by me and built me up during times of low low periods, and that's kept me going. They've been a lifeline like my mum was. Mm. So, you know, I think that's why I believe in this cause so much, and that's why I want to empower people to reach out to those around them that are struggling and not and not think, oh, it's just up to the professionals to deal with it. Hi, guys. This podcast explores the importance of our connection, well-being, and mental health. To reason with someone is to motivate them to do or accept topics, ideas, and issues through discussion and having conversations. This podcast is for those that want to raise their awareness, change their perspective, or just have a good time. My vision is to help people find reason to live, to grow, and to understand. I do that through this podcast, as well as counseling individuals that want to help themselves. No, no, no. No, he needs to know. I just think he's gonna talk and it's gonna make a lot of sense. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. One man. One podcast. Three, two, one. Episode 10, welcome back. This is season two finale, and I am lucky enough to have the Are You OK organization um, on the podcast today. I've got an ambassador who's going to be talking about all things Are You OK. Essentially, Are You OK Day is uh, a day every year where we we sort of uh, nationally stop and start to ask people, Are You OK? And you know, I think the goal for Are You OK is to be able to do that every single day. And I'm really lucky and privileged to have one of the ambassadors come on to the podcast and talk about um, her experience, her, her life experience and her mental health journey. And then also give some education about how everybody can ask if someone's doing OK. So let me start by introducing Kate Taylor. Kate Taylor is an award-winning businesswoman, entrepreneur and Are You OK community ambassador. Kate has spoken about her lived experience with mental health to the following organizations, Sony, ING Bank, Allianz Insurance, a bunch of small businesses, universities, New South Wales Transport, and many non-for-profit organizations throughout Australia. And I am lucky enough to have her on my podcast. Okay, welcome, Kate. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Look, we'll get straight into things. Kate, I want to know who the hell are you and what do you do? Wow, that's a a big question. Well, I'm lots of things, I guess, but I am an entrepreneur, business owner. I run a healthcare recruitment agency. I'm also a health and wellness um, advocate and I am an RUK community ambassador, hence why I'm here today to talk with you. So something I do as my way of giving back and I'm very passionate about the cause. Yeah, I mean, it's so awesome to have ambassadors like yourself um, be able to give back to the community and I'm lucky enough to have you um, speak to me today and and speak to our audience from representing Are You OK? Um, And yeah, lots of other things that you're doing as well, which sounds really, really cool. Um, But I guess... Yeah, you, you're here because you're, you're an ambassador for Are You OK? So Are You OK? Did you want to just give us a brief of what that is in case anybody doesn't know? I, I mean, it's pretty, hopefully people know what that is by now, but maybe just give us a run yes. of what it is. Okay, so 
Are you okay? Um, day is a national day that we have in Australia to encourage people to look out for each other and have the conversation and check in with someone if they're not okay, you know, and how to do that. So, Are You Okay Day is in September each year, but the idea is that we want Are You Okay to be every day of the year. Um, and the big thing at the moment with COVID and with the pandemic is that we really want to encourage people to stay connected. So. Are you okay? I've got a big campaign going about hashtag stay connected. And the idea is that we are just because we're not physically together, we're not, um, we've got to make sure we're still connecting with those in our world that might be vulnerable right now, especially those dealing with anxiety, depression, mental health. They're going to be even more susceptible to go down that dark spiral right now, being isolated for long periods and away from loved ones. So it's really important at the moment, more than ever, that we raise awareness about this and just encourage that conversation to start happening with friends and family and colleagues who might be struggling right now. I've seen heaps of the, um, I think they're like bus bench advertisements at the moment. Um, yes. Which is so awesome to see that they're everywhere, the Are You OK? Stay Connected um, little banners. And, um, yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I'm such a big, whenever Are You OK? Day comes around, I like I always post about it and I always, like, share about it, but I'm always like, it should be every day, you know? So it's great to hear yes. that sort of the, the vision is, is for it to be a lot more um, known in our community that that's just how we should be as humans is to connect and to um, you know experience and be able to talk to each other hmm. yeah exactly and I um I get to do talks all year round uh, and I'm a big advocate for especially I work for recruit a lot of not-for-profits and charities so I actually tell them you know invite me to your staff meeting let me talk to your staff because you guys on the front line are high pressure high stress and um, often get overlooked and kind of expected that you just do your own self-care and be okay. But actually, you know, more than ever, you guys need that extra help and support, I believe, as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it hopefully allows everybody to be accountable and we can all check on ourselves, not just um, those that are struggling, but those that are helping people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because um, we go through waves, I'm finding. I don't know about you, but I'm just really like, some weeks and some days I'm really motivated, really driven, get heaps done. Other days I'm like feeling a bit flat and like not as much energy. And mm. I'm usually going 100 miles an hour. Like I love being busy, being, you know, doing everything. And because I'm an extrovert, I actually struggle more with the isolation concept. Um, whereas my husband's an introvert and he's like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he's quite happy having weekends at home and not having to socialize. Mm. Uh, whereas for me, I need to be like with people or like, talking regularly to people to feel connected and to fill my cup up. So, yeah, that's just um, depending on your personality type can depend how you're coping right now too. Yeah, you're, you're, um, you're picking up what I'm putting down. You're exactly like me by the of things, Kate. I'm, I'm definitely an extrovert. Um, what I, I was speaking to my supervisor yesterday, actually. It's funny you mentioned this. It's, it's the extroverts are now all kind of going, what the hell do we do? And the introverts are being like, <laughs> Welcome. Hello. Uh, come, come, come and be in my isolation with me. It's right here. You yeah. Try it. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's really interesting how that's playing out, especially, um, you know, super extroverts like yourself and, and probably myself is. Yeah. Like, well, go, 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 go. So slowing down has, has been a massive adjustment for me. Um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, <laughs> oh, small world. We obviously think very alike. So I'll move on to, my next question for you, Kate, 
when you say you, you're doing these, um, um, you know, talks and, and team meetings and going out and, and speaking and being an asset ambassador for Are You Okay? Where do you pull your strength from in order to do that work? Yeah, so I guess um, for me, I have my own um, lived experience with mental health and I guess um, that's probably where it started from and that's why I guess I'm so passionate to be that voice now for Are You Okay? because of my journey and how I've come out the other end. Hmm. Um, I was um, I, I was one of those kids, I guess, growing up that was severely bullied at school. I went to eight schools growing up, lived in 18 houses. Uh, for my dad's work, we moved around a lot. And I never quite fit in. I was always that goofy kid that never quite fit in and um, <laughs> big, thick glasses and everything. And, yeah, I guess being that new kid, especially as a teenager, I really struggled. Um, at the age of 12, my mum nearly died of breast cancer. She was given three months to live and told that the doctor's like, "There's, you know, we'll just give you chemo, radio, we hope that it works, but we're not sure. And that really rocked my world for me and my siblings. We didn't know at the time like what would happen or the outcome and I was quite young so I didn't quite know um, how that would play out but fortunately she's here 20 years later and um, she's still with us she beat all the odds the doctors still don't know how she's alive Um, but as a child that rocked my world seeing my mum nearly die in front of me and I think uh, that was kind of where a knock-on effect from that and the moving and bullying that my mental health started to go downhill Um, when I was 15 Mm. I was we'd moved back again to Adelaide um, where all my family, like relatives are, but and my parents grew up there, but we were living, we, me and my brother and sister, we weren't used to it. Like for us, we left when I was five. So I had to rebuild all the friendship circles again and everything, and it got really hard. Like I never quite, everyone had their friends. They didn't really want to have another new person, and I just never quite fit in. And I started getting bullied, especially by these boys in class, and I started, um, then I'd start daydreaming in class about, how much I hated my life and how I wanted to die and just these thoughts started spiraling out of control um, and I I started um, yeah like thinking of all the reasons why I wasn't worthwhile and why I didn't have a purpose and that I should just die and there was no point to my life and I, I, it was just this dialogue going in my head and this went for about six months I started self-harming to try and relieve the pain that I was feeling inside mm-hmm. um, I also started went a bit re- rebellious for a while and tried um, cigarettes and, you know, drinking out of my friend's dad's liquor cupboard. We tried all sorts of things, got into a lot of trouble. Um, it was, you know, borderline bulimic as well. And it just all was like a, a vicious cycle, right? And um, I'd written this suicide note that I felt, I was like, right, if, I, um, when I, if I'm going to do this, I need to leave a note for my family, right? So I got to the point where I was like, all right, um, you know, I had it all ready um, to go, but it was just a matter of when I was going to do it. Mm. And what triggered me to go that next step and actually make an attempt on my life was when um, a kid at school, one day I commented on his artwork and I said to him, um, I don't know exactly what I said, but something I said I must have upset him because he was like, you're just worthless. You should just go kill yourself. And he said it so harsh in front of the whole class. Mm. And that day was like that rock bottom for me. I was just like, yeah, you're right. I should just kill myself. I'm worthless and I've got a plan and I'm going to do it. Um, and it was almost felt like, oh, he's caught me out as well. Like he knew my plan and he's or something. And I was like, oh, people are on to me. So I, after school that day, I had um, had it all planned out what I was going to do. And 
um, I was going to have an overdose of medication and went went down to a park and took these tablets and just thought, you know what, if there's a point to my life, I'll live through this. And fortunately, back then, no, everyone had landlines. No one had mobile phones. So as I was walking back to my house, I was going to tell my parents I was not feeling well and had a migraine. I wanted to go to sleep. And my idea was that I'd sleep and never wake up. Um, but little did I realize that that's not what happens. Um, apparently, when you have an overdose, you actually, um, if you, they don't catch it quick enough, um, they will give you like 24 to 48 hours to live and your organs shut down slowly over a period of time in hospital and there's nothing they can do to help you. And it's one of the most painful ways to go. Um, so for me, um, but as a kid, I didn't know that. I just thought I would just go to sleep and not wake up. So um, fortunately, I had this thought. I wanted to call a friend, say goodbye. And she twigged that I was up to something. She was like, what has she done? And her mum's a nurse. So she said to her mum, mum, I think something's happened um, to Kate. And so she actually got her mum to call my dad on the landline. By that point, I'd already got off the phone. I said I was going to bed and wasn't feeling well. And I thought my plan was still going ahead. <laughs> until my dad got wind of what was going on and thankfully saved my life. So he um, rushed me to hospital in an ambulance, got my stomach pumped, and thankfully it was quick enough that they were able to get me help um, but also realised how downhill I was and how rock bottom I'd hit, you know, with my life. And um, it was a journey, you know, like it wasn't something that just got fixed overnight. I had to try a few different counsellors, um, you know, one or two that I tried just weren't a good fit. So it's always good to remember that, you know, you're going to have to try a few sometimes to get the right one to help you. Um, and as a teenager, I just wanted to not feel judged but be listened to. And, yeah, some of the psychologists I found were very judgmental, whereas a counsellor I found, she was really like, just listen to me and um, let me kind of process everything and just sat with me on a couch and chatted and it wasn't so, like, formal. Right. And that really sat better with me. Um, and, yeah, I got all this. I was so grateful that I've got family um, around me that, you know, especially my parents and my mom, who was my lifeline, I believe now, because she made me promise her that if I ever got depressed again, that I would call her no matter where I was in the world, day or night. And I feel like um, I could never, you know, thankfully I've never got that low again. But I know that my mom, no matter what, she wants me to live, you know, and that I had to. She didn't care where I was or what time it was. I'd call her and that she would be there and support me. And I think that's the thing. We all need that lifeline um, to kind of get through those dark days. There were many days after that, um, you know, I would just be crying, sobbing in my bed to my mum and just saying, mum, let me die, let me die. I hate my life. And um, my, my now I'm a mother myself with a four-year-old little girl. I think, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do if she ever says that to me. Um but, yeah, it just is an eye-opener of what bullying can do and how bad and how dark you can get in your own thoughts. Yeah. And no one, had, even my own parents, had no idea that I was that depressed. They knew I was having a hard time, but they had no idea I'd thought it out and planned it. And I was living under their roof for six months before I made that attempt. So, mm. yeah, it's something that's so secretive and like mm. these dark world that you can go into and it's you can put on that front that you're okay to the outside world, but really that darkness inside is what we need to try and tap into to with people because so often people um, won't necessarily tell you from the first time you ask, are they okay? Mm. You know, it takes a while to build that trust. You know, it's a really dark place if you're in that place and you need 
to have supportive people that keep checking in on you and keep making sure, you know, look, something's up, what's going on, are you okay, you know? Um, I think that's really the, the key point, I think. And that's where I realised, you know, a conversation can change your life, which is the whole message of are you okay, for good or for bad. So for me, that kid that day was, was a really bad conversation that led me to take that, to make that decision. But likewise, I had people throughout the years who have really stood by me and built me up during times of low, low periods. And that's kept me going. They've been a lifeline like my mum was. Mm. So, you know, I think that's why I believe in this cause so much. And that's why I want to empower people to reach out to those around them that are struggling and not, and not think, oh, it's just up to the professionals to deal with it. It's actually something that we can all do. We all have a role to play because mental health is so big in our society and, and it's such a hidden thing that people don't want to talk about. And so there's just not enough health professionals around like psychologists and counsellors and doctors to really help everyone that's struggling. So it's, we've all got a role to play in the community in how we help each other and, and help those that are struggling. Mm. That's such a powerful powerful story and there's so many things that i could probably pull apart and just like comment on but um i think i think the the main thing is is that strength that you have is being able to be uh process the the awareness now that you've got around you know what you were going through and and what that lived experience is and how to create that into something that somebody else doesn't have to go through um exactly that you did and and I think a lot of people tell that story. I know mine is similar to that as well, um, where, you know, I'm a counsellor and, and yet I still felt when I was studying and, and going through my own stuff that I couldn't reach out even to someone knowing that that's what you're meant to do. So it's still, it's still wow. a little trap on the brain that, that um, you need those people around you that you can feel um, could have those conversations. I mean... I'm so glad that you called that friend um, who, yeah. up, who was able and, and, and I guess, um, connected to you enough to know that something was up for you that day. Yes, exactly. She saved my life, her and her mum. Yeah, I'm forever grateful because it was a bad season. It's not a bad life, you know, and that's the thing people forget. Like when you're in that dark place, you think it's forever. Um, but I'm living proof that you can come out of it. You can come out on top. I'm, you know, successful businesswoman, mom, entrepreneur, everything now. And like I've done, I've proven that you can not, you know, get through those dark times and make something great of it. And um, yeah, I hope that I can encourage and inspire people that, you know, um, these dark seasons are not forever. Mm. It's just a season of your life. And yeah. um, that's something that, it doesn't feel like it's only a season in it. It feels like it's forever. It's a stark hole. You don't know where the light is and if you'll ever come through it. And But you've just got to hold on and ride through it, you know, process it, get the support in place and get the help. Um, you know, I was on antidepressants as well, things like that that really helped. Um, and having that regular support um, and community around me, um, yeah, was just so important to get through it. I think you... Um you're doing just that. You are encouraging and you are inspiring. I mean, I feel very inspired talking to you already and I'm still super connected to, to your story. You know, it's so authentic and, and raw, which um, is exactly the message we need to be sending out to people. So 
look, you've, we've, we've covered so much in such a short amount of time and, and I feel like this has been so, so many gems so far in what you shared. Now, if we take a little bit of a turn towards the specifics of the IUOK um, yeah. work that you do, I guess reason reason with me and, and, and the audience, why is it and what is it about the IUOK uh, philosophy and the work that the workshops provide so important? Yeah. So um, are you okay, have found a really simple way to encourage people to have the conversation. Um, I don't know if you can see this, but um, it's a four steps, basically. You can go on the areyouokay.org.au website and you can get a lot of resources. Um, but, yeah, you can get these little conversation cards. And I, um, I have it actually on my desk at work and I also have some in my wallet. So if I ever come across anyone that I'm worried about or, you know, in a situation, I've got them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the back, it's got like lifeline, suicide help, all the main hotlines you can call if you are in a dark place or struggling. So say if you met, you know, like I had a friend, um, she is a counsellor and she was at the train station uh, one day randomly going to a, a work to work and she saw someone that was looking like they wanted to jump uh, on the tracks. And she, in that moment, was like that angel to him. She was able to step in and reach out to him and just be like, it's okay, you don't have to do this and talk to him back around. She had literally five minutes before that train came and she was able to talk him back. And um, But the thing was she had to go on to her meeting so she, she couldn't do anything after that. She had to, like she was going to be late if she didn't go. And so she talked him back around but she had to leave him. And in that moment if she'd had these conversation cards, you know, um, it would have probably made her feel a bit more at peace going, okay, I've left him with something to go away with and a tool, you know, that he can use to get help. Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely encourage you to jump on and get resources like that and have them in your pocket or your wallet because it's really helpful. You never know that coffee shop owner, you know, random person being on the bus, you never know when they might open up to you and you might need to support them. Mm. Um, but I'll go through quickly what the four steps are just okay. so if any of your listeners are listening and they wanting to know, they're like a lot of people want to show they care and help family and friends or colleagues that are struggling but they just don't know how to have the conversation because they know that person's not okay so if they do if they do ask they know they're probably going to say look I'm not doing all right and then they feel like well I'm not qualified I don't know how to what to do after that you know so are you okay have the four steps which is one asking um are you okay and it's not just the usual Aussie like how you going mate how are you like we want to actually create a time and a place to do that in a more um meaningful way so it might be like hey let's go for a walk at lunch and have a catch-up or let's go to trivia night and catch up you know if you've got a guy friend or you know let's go play sport and and chat um whatever that looks like go for a meal and just check in with them just say look i've noticed you've not been yourself lately um you know is everything all right i you know and just just generally give them some space to talk to you and so that's um, where the next step comes in and it's listen. I know it's quick to problem solve and to give strategies, but this at this point we just want you to listen. Mm. Don't try and jump in. Don't try and strategize yet. Just listen. Let them get it off their chest and um, not have any judgment to what they say. So just be really open-minded and just really caring and compassionate and just listen. Then the third step, then this is where the problem solvers can jump in. Um, we say encourage action. So it might be like, okay, um, I understand, you know, you're going through a really stressful time at work right now. What do you think could help you? What what things could you do for yourself this week or in the future that would help 
you work through this challenge or through this stress? You know, is it talking to your manager and explaining that the workload is just too much right now? Is it that you need a self-care mental health day just to decompress and just have some break, a break, you know? Um, actually, you know, is it that, actually, you know what, I've, I know for me at the moment in isolation, I'm not going to the gym. So I'm not exercising as much, nowhere near as much. So it might be like what, you know, um, yeah, for, for that one person, a way of de-stressing could be going and do some exercise. Mm. So it's like, hey, I love running. All right, we'll go for a run tonight. Tell me how you go and see if it helps you. You know, um, my husband's been doing karate classes on Zoom while we've had COVID lockdown. Awesome. You're and innovative, right? Yeah. And it, like his karate school have just decided to do that. And he comes out feeling so much more energetic and happy and just, um, yeah, like fulfilled just from getting that adrenaline going and doing mm. something for himself. Um, but if it's more serious, like say if it's like a marriage breakdown, you know, a loss of a child, like miscarriage, um, you never know what it could be. It could be bigger, you know, divorce, whatever that looks like, right? Um, you know, it might be a, a, a bigger problem than probably what you as a friend can handle. So it might be then saying to them, look, this is a really stressful time. Like, you know, my parents broke up a year and a half ago and I knew my, it was blindsided us all and my mum, my dad left. and Straight away, I was like, Mum, go to the doctor and get on a mental health plan and go and get some antidepressants. Because like, I was like, the road ahead is not going to be easy and you need everything you can in place for support. So that was the first thing she did. She went to the GP and got some, got on a mental health plan and had a counsellor and got on some medication and just got everything in place to help her cope with that extremely awful time. Mm. And so um, the thing might be, you need to encourage them to actually book that appointment with the doctor or book an appointment with their counsellor and actually start working through some of the stuff that's going on to say, look, I'm here to support you as a friend, but I am obviously not a professional or an expert. So, um, you know, I'd really encourage you to go and get some professional help as well. And then um, saying to them, are you open to that? Like, and often um, they might be a little bit resistant at first or a bit prideful or embarrassed or what have you, but just say to them, look, you know, there's no judgment here. We're here to support you and we want to get you through this, you know, the best we can. And so um, it might even be the fact that you might need to go and find a local counsellor in their area or a local GP and actually giving them some phone numbers or even booking the appointment on their behalf and helping them if they're just so overwhelmed. You know, often when you've had crisis happen, you're not in a position to make rash decisions. And so sometimes you just need your family or friends around you to step up and take that action. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, like I did with my mum and just said, mum, you need to do this. And then I, I kept on her for like a few like within that week, I said, mum, have you done it? Like, have you got an appointment? And I just kept checking in until she'd done it. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> we can't help ourselves. We need those around us to help us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the final step is um, checking in. Now, this is vital because so often we can feel like, okay, I've asked them if they're okay. I've listened to them. We've come up with a strategy. I'm done. Like, cool. I've done my bit. Tick. Yeah. Off I go. <laughs> but this is the key step where I think a lot of people forget and that is the checking in. Um, so we encourage people to check in a week or two later, like I did with my mum. If it's something big, it might be even within a day or two, checking in again and um, following up, making sure they've 
they've done that thing they said they were going to do, but then also seeing how they're feeling, you know. You might have just got them on a really bad day and then they're actually feeling much better. They've gone for that run or they've done that thing at work to help them get through their stress and talk to their manager and they're feeling better. Mm. And then you can go, okay, cool, like I've done what I needed to do. But if it's something big that's going to take a while to get through, like a divorce or, a, you know, anything like that, death in the family, that kind of thing, there's a process of grief and loss and it's going to take time to get through it, right? So it's just about checking in regularly. I'm a big believer in listening to your intuition as well around this. So I often get people come in to my mind or pop into my head and I go, oh, that's interesting. I don't know why they're on my mind, but I, I get a sense when they're not okay. And so every time that happens, I send a quick message or a quote or a, reach out or give them a quick phone call um even on messenger now you can do little audio um messages to people so it's like even just doing a little message for one minute and just saying hey just thought of you today i hope everything's going well you know sending you some light and love um just wanted to check in with you you know like it doesn't have to be a big thing but for that person it could be the world um so i found so many times when I've reached out to those people that have been on my mind, they are like, oh, my God, Kate, this is exactly what you. How did you know that I needed your support today? Or how did you know I needed that? And I'm like, well, I didn't. I just listened to my intuition. And so I think that's really important is to listen to your gut when it tells you something's up with someone that's close to you. Like, do something about it. Don't just sit on it. Like, it takes two minutes to send a message, you know, and it's just about actioning it. Yeah. Because you could really save their life, you know, in that moment. I think that's it, right? It's it's this small four steps could potentially be life-saving for someone, um, but also just, just, just an opportunity for you to connect with them and, and that touch, touch them in a way that, you know, they feel heard or they feel listened to and, and been held in that space. So step one is is actually being able to ask if if they're okay and and, and having a yeah. thing number two is being able to listen and actually listen to them and talk to them and and be able to just hear what's going on for them at the time three was encourage some action yeah, yeah. and then four was to check in um you know yeah. a couple days later or whenever you feel it's necessary and really listening to that intuition that gut response when you have a lot of things come up that's so simple, right? It's so simple and easy to just um, be able to do. And I think, I mean, I'm hope, I, what's coming into my mind as soon as you said, I'll oh, send a little voice message to someone over Facebook. I was like, ah, oh, who can I do that to today? And I hope that, um, or I challenge anyone that's listening today to kind of um, do that, do that, you know, send a little voice message to someone or text someone after this or, and, and it doesn't have to yes. be, just, just reach out and see, see the response that you get. And if it means you get a good, thanks, thanks for checking in and how good's that? So, Exactly. Sort of leads me on to the whole point of this podcast is to is to emphasize how important our connection, our mental health, and our well being is. And I guess we've covered so much of that already. Um, but what did it mean to you when when you had you know whether it's your mum, you know, after the fact of, of your attempt, like being that person that regularly tried to connect with you? What was that? What did that mean for you? Um, I think I didn't maybe appreciate how much it meant to me in that moment, but in hindsight, when I look back, I know those little moments are the moments that saved my life, you know, Mm. from trying to make an attempt again. And, um, 
yeah, just knowing that you have someone in your world, it could be an auntie, it could be a best friend, it could be your partner, it could be your mum or dad, whatever, whoever that is for you. I feel like we all need a lifeline, right? Like, so it doesn't matter who that is, but it's just someone that you can trust when you're going through that hard time that you can say, hey, if I'm really not coping, can I call you? If Even if it's midnight, if it's 2 a.m., mm. if I'm really in a dark place, you know, is it okay if I contact you? And I bet if you said that to anyone um, close to you, they would be like, oh, my God, for sure, like definitely <laughs> don't um, hold back, you know. And, um, yeah, I get a lot of parents ask me at my talks, like they'll say to me, oh, how do I help my child, you know, if they ever go through that? Like how do I know that they might not be in that place and, and what would you recommend? And I said just be that lifeline, be that support to them. Let them know that no matter what they've done, no matter what, happened that you love them and that you have hold space for them that mm. you will support them through it and that there's never a problem that you guys can't work out together yeah and i think that's so important because in that dark place you feel like your life is a burden to your family and you feel like they're better off without you that's the lie you believe yeah and you think you're being really rational in thinking that <laughs> yeah i love i love the word a lifeline i think <clears throat> just just even thinking out loud like a lot of people, I mean, we had the most calls ever um, recorded in the last couple of months, yes. Lifeline Australia. And, um, you know, and I think that that's been an amazing support service and I'm so thankful that that's been there for the last 10 weeks of, of all this stuff, um, you know, getting out of control with coronavirus. But I guess what we're saying is, is it's an ideal world. We don't want to have these calls go to Lifeline. We want to be able to spark these conversations with the people that are around us or or the professionals that we're going to see to be able to get that support in a way that is isn't in, in that connection isn't that well-being immediate sort of support um yes how good would that be if we were able to have a lot less calls come through to lifeline because more people were able to do those four simple steps right exactly it's like if everyone just reached out to like two or three people in their world imagine how much better supported everyone would feel <laughs> like it would be a ripple effect like it would be amazing <laughs> and and look i think um you know you're paving the way for that sort of thing at the moment by doing these talks and and being the ambassador to to promote that sort of way of life and i'm sure you know you you presented heaps and heaps of times so you would have really reached a lot of people and, and connected with them in in this way and even just saying the the feedback you're getting from parents they're always like Oh, I'm not sure. And and you're still able to really change their perspective and allow them something different to take home and support their kids with. And that's, you know. God. Yeah, I think we always think we're going to get in trouble, you know, if we tell our parents what's going on in our head and we think they're going to be angry at us. And it's like, no, your parents actually love you so deeply. Like now I'm a mum myself. Like I have never met a greater love and bond for a human being than my own child. And so I can only imagine the gut-wrenching feeling it would have been for my mom having to hold me in those times where I was, you know, so depressed and so desperate to die that I was, like, begging her, like, mom, just let me die. Like, I can't even imagine. I remember when I did my Are You Okay training to be an ambassador, someone shared their story about their lived experience with their dad taking their life. And I saw how devastating that was for her, this, the daughter, you know, and how she it impacted her so greatly that she went to become an ambassador. And for me, I had no idea the flip side of my decision and how it would impact those around me so deeply 
Um, but seeing her fall apart at the international training, sharing her story, I realized the impact I would have had on my family, everyone that knew my family, all the friends that I had, like they would have been forever impacted by that decision I made that day for the worst. Mm. You know, they would have, I would have rocked their world and they would never have got over it. But in that moment, I thought I was saving them all the hassle of my existence by dying. Yeah. So that's where it's the difference. It's like, it's irrational, but it seems rational when you're the depressed person. Hmm. And, and it just emphasizes the importance of going, I'm going to put my irrational thought process and give it to somebody that might talk to me in a different way and offer them that. And I think that's the whole point is we're so emotionally driven us humans. So we always react on, on our impulse as well. And, and I guess things have been bubbling up for a really long time. We're definitely going to want to act on them. So we're able to share that with somebody, even just in the slightest bit. It might go, hold on, what you're thinking is, you know, batshit crazy or whatever it is in some yeah. even connected way that, that, that gets you to go, oh, you know what, maybe this is something different that I want to, want to do and maybe I'll talk to them a little bit more, just as simple as it can be. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. So I guess now, you know, your recovery sounds like it's been such a, a great and a long journey to get to where you are now. So in terms of maintaining that, what would you say are your non-negotiables at the moment? What do you do for your self-care to stay well? Yeah. So obviously I have a small business right now that's been greatly impacted. The recruitment industry has been greatly impacted by COVID just like other industries. And so for me, it would be I've got colleagues in, you know, business owners I know in the industry who are struggling even harder than me. And um, they're gone to, you know, it's so easy to go in that rabbit hole of like despair and just like feeling hopeless and like you have no control over what's going on. And um, so for me, I have been very proactive with my own mental health and well being because I know that I would not be able to stay this positive and strong if I didn't. So I'm very big on, um, you know, I do a lot of journaling. Um, I do gratitude every day. Think of three things I'm grateful for as I'm like waking up in the morning. Mm -hmm. I do a meditation before bed, ideally when I can. You know, 10 minutes a day can rewire those neural pathways in your brain, um, according to my psychologist that are telling me. And so, you know, that helps you then cope with the fight or flight response when stress happens um, by doing that. So just 10 minutes a day, I recommend like the Calm app or the Headspace app. Um, those kind of things really help. Um, you know, I, I love the Smiling Minds app. I don't know if you've tried that one, but I actually quite like that one. Yeah. Yeah, they're like five or ten minutes, so they're not too long. Um, I'm not really into that kind of stuff normally because I'm very busy go-getter, but at the same time, it's been very good to slow me down and calm me down before bed. Very good um, for us in extroverts to be um, being mindful and slow. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and I just think it's important to... Um, you know, I know for me to fill my tank up, like I need to have a regular catch up with a girlfriend or a group of friends. So like, you know, um, or go to a workshop on self-development and well-being, like, you know, doing something that's for me, you know, uh, being a busy mum, you know, it's like self-care different. It's not the same as <laughs> it used to be. And so I, for me, it's about finding ways that I can still fill my tank up and keep going. You know, I listen to podcasts as well when I go for exercise and walk, that really helps as well. And um, just trying to be around like-minded people um, that are also going through the same journey, but also giving it a go and keep going, you know, um, it's important because 
a lot of people come to me for advice and support and that's quite draining on me and my energy. So I have to be careful to balance that out. So yeah. I'm guessing you'd probably get that too in your work. <laughs> that's it. That's why, that's why it's one of my questions. You know, I think self-care is probably the most important part of, of anyone's, um, no matter what they're doing. I think it's the, the only way forward and, and to continue what, what it is that they do to, yeah, like you said, um, refuel and fill up that cup. Um, you gotta, you got to find what works for you. And it sounds like you've got quite a few non-negotiables, which I love to hear. And, yeah, you sound exactly like me. I think the gratitude thing is definitely something I do every day and I do a meditation at night. Um, yeah, it's, it's challenging for my extroverted go, 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 go mind. But, um, yeah, no, it's very, very, very great. You sleep better, don't you? Yeah. yeah, I find I sleep better. The days I do it, I hmm. sleep way better than the days I don't. It's so weird. Like, but yeah, well, you're slowing down, right? So it's it's... It's probably very needed for a lot of us in the chaos of what life can bring. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. So my last my last question at the moment is, you know, over the time where you've you've looked at um, your recovery and then I guess gotten to the place where you are today, is there a is there a go to book that, that has supported you or helped you to where you are right now? Mm, yes. Well, what I was thinking, my book at the moment that I'm really enjoying, um, I love Brene Brown. So she's brilliant. Um, and she has a book called Dare to Lead. So, um, on yeah, leadership cool. and, um, yeah, it's brilliant. I'm loving that at the moment and just, um, even just following her content on like TED Talks and she Netflix does. even has a series from Brene Brown at the moment. There's quite a few stuff she's doing online. It's really, really, helpful right now out of the a huge podcast if Brene Brown's listening right now I would love for you to be on my <laughs> podcast <laughs> yeah oh, no, she, she's, she's a wonder woman um and I've got a lot of time for her and I think that's an excellent book choice um for any anybody in any time of your life is such a good read um cool oh that's so great so what I'll do is I'll put I'll put that book up and I'll put a couple of the other things in the meditation apps that you mentioned on my website so people can find um, access yeah. to some of that or they feel that it, that it might be something that they're interested in or resonate with. Um, so I guess where can somebody get in touch with you or, or the ambassador team to maybe get a talk at their school or, or their um, uh, organization or their business what, what's the best way to get in touch with the the IUOK team yeah so it's best to talk um like contact IUOK directly if you want to get an ambassador to your school in your area um Christina's brilliant she will actually um connect you like she did us um and uh she will dedicate we have over 100 ambassadors around Australia so she will be able to find one in your area usually or um, someone that can jump on and do a Zoom like this um, from anywhere. So um, obviously I'm um, big on LinkedIn for business. For Kate Taylor, you can look me up and Taylor Care Recruitment is my agency. So, you know, we can um, be looked up as well on um, LinkedIn and Facebook seem to be our big biggest areas we have a following. Mm -hmm. And we also run a social work group, which you've become part of recently, which is oh. awesome. Um, so a social, it's called, so if you're looking it up on Facebook, we'll put the link in obviously, but it's social work, psychology, counseling forum, Australia. Mm. So if you just search that, you'll find it and, um, we can add you into our group. So 
yeah, just a lot of like-minded people in the community. Hey, um, you've been on it for a little bit right. now. So how have you found the group? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that there's, there's more, more support out there for, for counselors and, and psychologists and psychotherapists and social workers. I think it's a great little network. And yeah, I think any counselors and, and psychs listening, um, Taylor Care Recruitment has some really awesome um, opportunities, really specific to, to the line of work that we do. So an awesome, mm. awesome bonus of, of having you on, Kate. Is, is, is I that, know, what uh, a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Hmm. Well, that pretty much wraps up our time together. It's been such a pleasure. It feels like it's sped past with it. I got so much out of today and I, I really want to just thank you and, um, yeah, really honoured that you've come on today and talked to talk to me and talk to the community that's listening. No, oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, yeah, just definitely remind us to check in with someone in your world um, today after listening to this. Do you want to find out more about how therapy can help you kick some goals? Go check out findreasontherapy.com.au or the Find Reason Therapy Instagram page. 